2: Oh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of UFO No, the show that separates science fact from science fiction. This is your break from the propaganda, the bad news, the treasonous politicians. Time to get elevated with me, dude named Ben Stoner from the L.C. Valley, Hells Canyon area. And with me, of course, is the amazing Mr. C. Hello. What's going (laughs) on, brah?
1: Oh, just another day in paradise. That's right, we another got, day in big paradise. big show. It was a hot
2: paradise paradise today, dude. Yeah. Fuck, man, I was melting. I'm a fatty, and I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy what, it. Was it. Over hundred here. Uh, yeah, it was gross. Yeah, it was, pretty, it pretty was boring, gross. Man. Anything over ninety eight, and I'm like, fuck it. <laughs> Doesn't even matter how what it registers. It's just gross. But uh, boy, do we got a banger for you today. I'm very very excited to bring to you again, Floyd Wills, man. Heck this yeah. guy. Yeah. Let me just show you author of red hair giants of love Lock cave. I don't know if you can see the title. There we go. Red hair giants of love Lock cave. Wonderful man. I love him. That is not him on the cover. Just in case you're wondering, <laughs> um, that is a red hair giant of love Lock cave, but, um, what a fascinating book. What a fascinating man. And today the conversation is equally as fascinating because what we're going over is we weave a hell of a tapestry today. Going from, we got patches of Grand Hancock's work. Mm. We got patches of ancient relics and, and structures that we kind of went over in a previous episode, ancient relics that prove ancient advanced civilization. Go check it out. Um, we also talked about time travel. Time travel was big in this one. Yeah. Uh, because the premise is, the idea is, our gods in ancient history actually mistaken for advanced humans and so instead of it being gods or aliens that it's actually just people that were advanced in this ancient world that knew a lot about the ancient world maybe coming back from a cataclysm you know emerging and running into hunter-gatherer societies like Graham Hancock talks about in his work um and and so yeah this tapestry is like time travel um uh, we, we go into psychedelics, mm. of course, you know, DMT, <laughs> you know, all that stuff. Um, we go into uh, secret, hidden history, forbidden knowledge. You know, the idea that, it, that uh, knowledge and history is being hidden from us, taken from us, being withheld from us. So we don't know our true power. Some of the, some of the themes that we went over in this we are interwoven through other episodes that we've done. But this one really focused on the idea that maybe future humans have been helping to kickstart humanity after cataclysms as opposed to aliens or, uh, gods and that they were simply miscategorized as gods. So anyways, fascinating topic. And Floyd, as always is just a master of conversation.
1: Yeah. He ties everything together. Really great.
2: He's so knowledgeable. I love him and he's always got a smile on his face. So happy, so bright. And, uh, and I just love talking to him. So he's, he's probably, I don't want to play favorites. (laughs) But Floyd, you're my favorite, <laughs> and uh, so anyway, so we we absolutely love having him, and we certainly hope that you love him as well, and uh, and I'm and I have no doubt that we're going to be doing it again. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways. Uh, um, I, I wonder, you know, we had kind of picked on the idea that, you know, uh, we talked a lot about consciousness as well when it came to, you know, DMT and the psychedelics and stuff. And so, something he talked about is maybe next time he comes on, we can delve into the consciousness and the yes. nature of all that. But, uh, but yeah, really fascinating topic. And again, I hope you all enjoy it. So please share. Sharing is caring. Spread us like gossip. But without further ado, I bring to you Floyd Wills. <laughs> Mark, it's fine. (laughs) Mark, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, there for a while, you know, he would come on the show intermittently. Yeah. And so we would use anonymity because he's a, if you don't mind me saying, he's a teacher. And so he didn't want to, you know, you just, these days, you sometimes got to be careful. And so uh, since coming back to the fray and being (laughs) gone for a little bit, he's decided to take on a little bit more of a brave yeah. Um, you know, oh, persona. Hi. I still wear my sunglasses at night. That's though. right.
3: I know. <laughs> yeah. Your future's so bright, you got to wear shades. That's right. right. That's right. Exactly. That's
2: right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's so good to see you, Floyd.
3: Oh, good to see you guys. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Let, me Let me tell you something. Yeah. Let me tell you something, Floyd. You are the most mentioned guest in any of the episodes because I have been so in love with the episode because you've been on twice before, right? Uh, Yep. Twice. Yeah. And so I, I, I love it. And every time we talk, it's one of the most stimulating conversations we have, Mm. um, because we go all over the place and we were literally just talking about this before you came on, like, like, you know, talking about different guests and, and, uh, it's just so much energy. So I so much appreciate it. And I always appreciate your time.
3: Oh, it's so much fun. I think there's such a great synergy between us. I mean, everything just builds organic, and it just goes where it goes, and just great um, lines of questioning, and just humor, and just, it's fun. It's like, this is so much fun. I was just talking to a friend about this. I mean, I love uh, podcasting, meeting people from all over the world, and just talking about stuff that I I really like to do. Yeah. Yeah in the comfort of my own home. I mean, I can sit here and and have these great conversations and, you know, uh, conversations with you guys and with other people have, um, sparked new areas of interest for me. You might bring up a topic and I'm not familiar with it. And then of course I've got to go and, and look on Google and find out more information. So it's just more rabbit holes to go down, but it's, it's a lot of fun.
2: Yeah. And it's, it's great when, you know, all these things are so connected that you can't really go wrong. I mean, no matter, it's almost like all lanes lead to these same conclusions, you know, it's, it's and and this one is no different. I mean, the, kind of the idea, um, that I, are you familiar with, well, let's just get right into it. uh, uh are, <laughs> are you familiar with a guy named Michael P masters work called identified flying objects? I am not familiar. Uh, fill me in. Me yeah. Some background. I'll give you the dumbass version. So, so <laughs> cause that's all I can do. Um, but okay. uh, his theory is that it's future humans that are coming back to visit us in the present and have in the past potentially based mm-hmm. on kind of the covert nature, specifically with like the modern UFO phenomenon is um, the, the, the covert nature of interactions Right. Mm-hmm. And kind of the come in and, and pop out maneuvers would explain because they wouldn't be able to interact with us if they didn't want conflict, if it was future humans interacting with us. And then also it it would it would behoove humanity to come back into the ancient past to kind of kickstart. start. Humanity for yourself in a way to enable that your future is going to be more advanced than potentially the last future was. I mean, I don't know. It kind of gets into a, a, a cyclical um, conversation at that point, but uh, it's intriguing.
3: It's very intriguing. In fact, um, I I have heard of the gentleman. He he wrote a book on it uh, uh, fairly recently, correct? Yes, correct. And that's what it's called: okay. I-
2: identified flying objects yeah. and something else. But um, yeah, that's that's what his whole th- and he goes into everything from you know body structure of humans. If you look at the past and then the present, where it's headed to the future, and all this is that. Um, you know, there's a lot of signs that point to this. So my brain goes even further and I think, well, shit, what if they've been doing this? What if that's what the ancient cultures are referencing? Because they're all humanoid. They're all Mm -hmm. humanoid. There is no squid (laughs) alien that came down and interacted with humans. It's humanoid figures, whether from the stars or not. And then you have the, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, kind of, evidence i guess if you will on mars that shows that potentially we were there before the nuclear what is it xenon 29 i think so that exists the the compound that exists only after a nuclear detonation um Mm. that they've they've seen in the atmosphere on mars so there's all kinds Mm. of crazy theories on top of the fact that look at earth and our history would look significantly different if earth had never been excavated Right. And if you look at Mars, we have not excavated anything. How different is our history going to look mm. if we start digging around on the red planet to, yeah. to see relics and that could potentially expand our history going back? I mean, already you're looking at a million plus. I mean, who fucking knows? And then like, like you mm. pointed out the last show, something that blew my mind is those figurines <laughs> that show what looks to be humans riding dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. yeah and they're like the, thirty five stones yes, and they're what thirty five thousand years old or something
3: uh, yeah, some of them have been dated back thousands of years. um some of them have been um you know exposed as frauds, but there are you know other stones that have been dated, and they they say they go back thousands of years, so it's kind of a mixed bag um maybe there was there was some fraud, but there are, appears to be some authentic stones, and even going back you know, um, hundreds of years back in the, you know, 1500s, 1600s, there were Spanish explorers that made reference to some of these burial stones that had like giant lizards on them or Mm -hmm. dragons on
2: them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very intriguing. And again, because we don't know, you know, what, I mean, that's why the ancient astronaut theory is so, um, compelling is because mm-hmm. we don't know. There's a ton of compelling evidence um, that leans into that. Everything from, you know, you look at the megalithic structures that have been found. I mean, we've talked about some of this in the past. Um, that alone, if you just look the 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 uh, pyramids of Giza. Yes. That alone right there, the power plant theory that goes into yeah. that. I mean, there's so much unknown and so much potential theories that are so much fun to go over. Um, but I love this idea that what if
3: it's humanity helping humanity? I, I can, I'm totally down with that. I could, I could definitely see that as a, as a possibility. In fact, I wanted to pick your brain because I watched a few videos and stuff in preparation, you know, to come on this show because, you know, I'm not really familiar a lot, you know, with the subject of this whole idea. Maybe these ETs, maybe these UFOs are us you know coming back and and who could they be could they be maybe anthropologists yeah. coming back to study us i mean in a lot of these ufo abduction cases i mean people are talking about they're having sperm take them oven take them uh, experiments done uh, on them so could these you know could they be us you know uh, some future anthropologist uh you know studying us i mean i mean who knows but there's one um thing i want to talk about and yeah. i don't know if you guys I, i'm sure you're familiar with it it's the uh, rendlesham forest oh yes of course in england in 1980 i know a lot of people yeah. are real familiar with that yeah but w- what i recently learned and this fascinates me is one of the military police that was uh, that had that encounter uh went up to the ufo and and i remember a long time ago um hearing about the case and it had like some type of um almost like hieroglyphics or glyphs he Correct. said on the ufo well okay so the notes that i took is this guy actually touched the the craft he touched those glyphs and he said that he had a mental download yep he said he had a mental download and and he wrote out this sequence of zeros and ones correct like this long sequence right and so finally like years later um some um you know computer geek studied it, and they basically said it was binary code and deciphered what he wrote down. And here's what it said. Uh, Exploration of humanity, continuous for planetary advance, eyes of your eyes, origin year 8100.
2: 8100,
3: yeah. 8100. And I thought, wow, that is so interesting. And then apparently not long after that experience, the guy would have... A lot of dreams, a lot of nightmares, and uh, he had physical problems, he had uh, eyesight problems, hearing problems. he said actually, at one point his uh, gums turned white, and he went into the doctor and the first thing the doctor said is have you been have you been exposed to radiation hmm. and uh, that was a question that was asked and and after this experience, this gentleman uh, believes that these um, these ets were actually us way, way in the future that were coming back here to actually try to um make some type of changes because something terrible happens in the in the in the in the future and perhaps they were coming to maybe try to change things or maybe to study why things happened the way they did. I don't know if you you've heard of that particular side of that story.
2: Well that's an interesting tape because that's something that kind of falls in line with like The, you know, the reason why they would be hovering over like nuclear uh, sites, Mm -hmm. why they Mm -hmm. interact with things like that, why it always seems to be military, you know, my, my counter argument is always, well, it's government craft. It's government secret technology. That's why it's over government sites. But if you look at it from the other side, I mean, of course, you have the idea that it's aliens that are watching out for us. But from the future's standpoint, it's like, well, if they know the problems, if they know where the issues arose from, which you could clearly argue would be military, nuclear, things like that. Well, Military
3: industrial complex, right? That's right.
2: So then they would be watching over those things to make sure – that we didn't annihilate ourselves which again make to me makes more sense of the nurturing aspect of the alien thing the reason why they would want us to be enlightened is it's us and they don't want themselves to become stupid yeah they don't you want know? to become
3: greys. that's right um yeah they
2: yeah. don't you know, you know that's the whole thing is is they want to make sure that the as uh as michael masters has said the reason why there's always saliva this is uh sophie the space kitty by the way she, <laughs> she, likes, to, I love she, it. she likes to come in and uh you know get el, get <laughs> elevated with us for a f- quick moment anyways but um His idea is like that's why potentially they're collecting saliva, they're collecting sperm samples, they're collecting DNA samples is because a lot of sense. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. As we so we don't obviously as anthropologists, they don't have the ability to study live specimens. How how much of a gold mine would it be if you could do that? You know, so uh, Michael Masters. The intriguing thing that I find about this is he talks about two. I believe it's two different groups, which is the you like future anthropologists that are going back and studying humans, as we said, collecting DNA, and whatnot, to either preserve the species or simply mm-hmm. study prehistoric versions of. But then there's mm-hmm. also the other theory that they are actually going in and uh, um, it's it's time tourism. And so that would explain the, uh, why it's a mixed bag of abductions and observations is the observations are those simply popping in to look and see maybe some 15-year-olds in their class anthropology class their history class hey kids we're gonna go back here are the rules you know and then every once in a while you get this dick teenager that goes down and decides to (laughs) to mess with some cows or something who knows what a fun field who knows yeah (laughs) Yeah, but it's a very very interesting concept because it really does i would argue as much as you could argue that interdimensional Cosmic beings are coming back that you could argue that it, at some point in the future, human mankind, humans have developed the ability to go back in time mm-hmm. and that they I mean, we're talking thousand, 10,000, 100,000 years in the future, potentially. I mean, look at the difference of what we're looking at in our our ancient history, 10,000, right. 100,000. You know, that's nothing when it comes to studying origins. Well, now they're going to have even further back. They can go. And so present time, it's a clown show right now. So who wouldn't want to come back from potentially enlightened future and laugh at us, you know, and be like, good Lord. No kidding.
3: <laughs> yeah, no kid. I mean, how many of us, if we had an opportunity, if, if, you know, there was a time machine and we were given the opportunity to go back in a period of our, our past that right. intrigued us. Well, I mean, everyone would take it, right? Just about true. to like go back and get a glimpse of what it what it would have been like. It's the
2: yeah. number one question. The number one question that haunts, in my opinion, haunts mankind is where do we come from? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. What are our origins? Really? Who are we? Really? I mean, again, like you said, who wouldn't jump at the chance to have that answered? You know, mm-hmm. and it's not even at peril to, to say, well, if you learn it, you're going to die. You know, like, it wouldn't even have to be that. It's like, we'll get in this little bubble, go back mm. for a weekend, you know, play Time Traveler, and, and see it for yourself. And, uh, yeah. I, I mean, amazing. So, I think of, like, obviously... And, and I, I was telling you, uh, Mark, here uh, about this earlier. Is I swear I heard this somewhere, but maybe I made it up. If I did make it up, I hope it came from me because I think it's profound. But <laughs>
3: uh-huh.
2: <laughs> I'm sure I heard it from someone else because I'm not that good. But if humans have even imagined the concept of time travel, does it not? then makes sense that sometime in our future, in our lifetimes or someone else's lifetimes, generations in the future, they figured that shit out. Mm -hmm. It makes complete sense. Yeah. And so anyways, I think it really lines up. And then on top of that, you start again, now looking into the ancient history and you see Mm -hmm. that clearly the biggest question that we have is there is advanced techniques in architecture there is oh, yeah. advanced techniques in these relics that have been put together that we cannot explain. And not only can we not explain it, we can't replicate it today with all of our so-called fancy dancy doodads, <laughs> right? And so it begs true, the true. question, well, then who the fuck did? You know, was it, as mainstream archaeology says, oh, people that didn't even have the wheel yet? Huh.
3: It's I don't painful. buy that. Uh, no, no how either. can you? Yeah.
2: It's how can you? It's painful to think that way. It's, 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 um, what's the term? It's willfully ignorant. Mm-hmm. Yes. Willfully ignorant. And not only that, they want you to buy into it too, which is the worst part oh, yeah. about it. Yeah. You gotta
3: drink Kool Aid, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that's
2: right. That's right. So if there was, I mean, you, you have a much more vast knowledge of the ancient world than I do. So in your mind, with this concept in mind, what do you think? Is there is there anything that would highlight that would negate that theory? Is there anything out there that says no? This couldn't be from future humans. It has to be yeah. aliens.
3: Yeah, you know, I think there's there's probably a lot more evidence out there, and you brought up some excellent excellent points that to, to support uh, the theory that it would that it would be a good chance that it would be us in the future and i think a lot of it has to do with too the um the the description of the ets and how they're all humanoid in appearance and we're not getting something like hp lovecraft some monster thing with big <laughs> <thick> squid head <laughs> a slug body or whatever um, literally any, that- other <laughs> yeah. any other yeah. variation any other variation ever
2: it's always yeah. humanoid
3: Yep. Yeah. And, it, and in fact, um, you know, some of the UF, uh, the, the ET descriptions that I've heard from uh, people that have ha- allegedly had encounters, some of them describe them as is as, as human or, or human like, yes. particularly when I think of like the tall whites and how yes. they or the, the Nordics, how yep. they look like they were. Yeah. From like a Scandinavian um, descent. So, yeah, I, I, I see probably a lot more evidence that uh, would, would support that that theory that they're us.
2: Yeah, it's very compelling. I I I think back on, like, uh, one of the most compelling UFO. Now, Sophie, be nice. Be good. She's knocking shit around. She loves to rub her head on everything. Oh, my goodness. Anyways, um, I guarantee you she's going to knock that camera at some point. She's going to do it. Anyways, but um, w- one of the most compelling, and I love the Rendlesham Fo- uh, Forest uh, case is a very famous one that is incredibly compelling. But one of the most compelling cases to me in my mind is the
3: uh, Travis Walton case. Oh, yes, I met him at, oh. and mm. yeah, a couple times and um and in one case, uh my one of my friends' friends was there. His name was Tom and he's a real talker and he he bombards people with questions. That's and, great. And I, I I was more reserved, but <laughs> but Tom was really kind of hammering down on like his experience yeah. when he was abducted and you know um, Travis was very open and he was answering his questions, but I do remember one thing that he said when he, when he first woke up and he was on this craft and he, he looked around, he did see what would appear to be gray aliens. And I think he got up and he was grabbing whatever he could and like yep. trying to throw these things. I mean, an, an obvious, uh, you know, natural reaction being in that kind of situation, but if I remember correctly, I do remember him saying that he did see some some humans or or, or beings that had human appearance on that craft, not just these 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 gray like beings.
2: Yeah, his whole thing is that you're absolutely right. You know, he was swinging around, freaked out that these beings... And unlike the movie... I don't know if you've seen the movie Fire in the Sky. I did a
3: long time ago, yeah. Yeah,
2: great movie. Phenomenal. Free. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But in that, they're, they're very aggressive little turds that these aliens are. And they, they almost look like raisins. And, uh, and they're attacking <laughs> him, and they're doing all this crazy shit to him. And as Travis says in multiple interviews, it wasn't like that. In fact... You know, in retrospect, which to me is one of the most compelling aspects of his case is his retrospective take on what actually happened. So now when he when he goes into interviews, he says, you know, looking back, I realize it was my own perceived misconceptions that they were trying to hurt me as opposed to they never once once I started flailing around. He says they backed off, in fact, to the point where they left the room. And as you said, they sent in a humanoid figure that uh, he says was wearing some kind of a helmet that led Mm. him off the ship. So they clearly were like, look, we're not here to hurt you. You know, Mm -hmm. and uh, and so anyways, very compelling case. And then you have the six other witnesses that were there that saw him disappear. Mm -hmm. You have the police investigation that took place for five days while he was gone. A murder investigation. They were convinced he had been murdered to the point where his own brother was convinced that he had been murdered. Mm -hmm. Um, So incredibly fascinating. And then he comes back with all the signs of being held captive. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, starved, dehydrated. Um, uh, unshaven, you know, five-day growth of beard. I mean, very, very compelling. Now, after that, as I've pointed out before, is when the fuckery takes place, <laughs> which is he ends up getting hypnotically regressed, and that's where a lot oh. of these memories come from, and not that I'm against it, but I just yeah. always have to argue, like, is the potential there, you know, the first people that he got in touch with was the NICAP people, you know, yeah. that came in, and so I just wonder about that, but everything else
3: is incredibly compelling yeah that's a compelling case and you bring a good point up about the, the hypnosis and i have a background in hypnosis and i know that's why i like if, you floyd if, a yeah, number of reasons yeah if you're doing regression i mean you really have to know what you're doing because if you use leading questions uh that person in a state of hypnosis and a is in a very very suggestible state that's right and it is it is very conceivable that um, new memories can be implanted in somebody in an altered state of consciousness like that in yeah. fact that that's actually been done uh, through the m k ultra program absolutely uh, where they deliberately you know um, altered someone's um, identity, you know hooking them up um, you know for months at a time and uh, with headphones on and and ke- keeping them in a drug induced altered state of consciousness. While you're being fed these loop tapes of right. these suggestions, yeah, programming your mind, so it's a very good point i mean yeah if that if that hypnotherapist, if they weren't really skilled at what they were doing or you know whether they they didn't mean to do it or whether they meant to you know plant suggestions, it's a, a very highly suggestible state, and a person is could very well be influenced on yeah. that
2: well, and again, it lends to the idea that. What if they weren't aliens? What yeah. if it was actual humans or mm-hmm. government or whatever it is, and that the memory that was implanted was oh no 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 it wasn't uh, a uh, uh, humans it was actually aliens, mm-hmm. you know that could be so anyways it it opens it up but but again it's it's a very compelling case and still you could you could lean that to being either future humans interdimensional beings of mm-hmm. some kind. You know, all kinds of uh, concepts, you know, of what those aliens could have been beings. It's
3: super fascinating. And, you know, in a lot of uh, UFO abductions, it seems to me there's a, a descriptions of gray aliens in mm. many of these. And, and when I think of these gray aliens, I'm thinking, well, could those things be AI? I mean, if, ah. if, 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 they're, if it's us, you know, in the future, you know, why wouldn't we, you know, create this AI to go do some of this stuff? Mm. Um, You know, uh, some of the gray aliens, I mean, they don't have like sexual organs or things like that. They they wouldn't need them, you know, if they were some type of AI or or, again, you brought this up earlier uh, in this discussion. You know, what if uh, somehow it's an evolution of us way in the future? And, um, you know, uh, Yuval Noah Harari and and the other clown shows that say that we need (laughs) to. We need to merge with AI, you know. Well, maybe if we follow their track, maybe, hell, maybe we end up these little skinny, pot-bellied, elongated head things with three fingers. Hey, thanks (laughs) thanks a lot, you fuckers.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, you made a good point too, Floyd. You said that, uh, you know, in that Reynoldsome forest that they communicated via digital logic, right? Zeros and ones. So I I have a minor in computer science too, and that's what I studied a lot of this digital logic and all that stuff. You know that's a very good universal language, you know, if you think about it. It's mm. positive and negative energies, those four, it's very easy to translate, and especially with AI. Mm-hmm. So I mean I could see that being something very very usable that way.
2: I'm nodding my head as though I understand that. <laughs> yes. Oh, me too. Me yes. too. I'm sorry. <laughs> Logic language, yes. You're yeah. well, well, right.
1: It, they're called and or and not gates it's how a computer yeah. reads, you know. I thought it was ones. called
2: binary. Am yeah, I wrong binary on
1: that? code, digital logic. Oh, okay. okay, digital logic okay. is the study of that code that zeros and ones. Oh, okay. So positive okay. and negative, and you have flip switches on and off in a computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So exactly. I won't go too far. <laughs> to that,
2: <but laughs> well, and no, I mean, look, if you look at mathematics in general, mathematics mm-hmm. is a universal language, right? That's what they say, mm-hmm. and so that's why like crop circles are so compelling, yeah, because that comes down to like these mathematical equations in an image. You know, some of these things are crazy, you know, when it comes to crop circles. But but I it again, you know, I as we've talked about every time I think we've chatted, uh, the ancient world to me is the most compelling aspect of all of this. you know, UFO phenomenon, alien um, technology, inherited technology, cataclysms, all of it, it all lies in the ancient world. You know, everything modern is is uh, it's fun to poke around in, but it gets old after a while because it's it's a lot of just nothing burgers (laughs) and a lot of Mm -hmm. faith and belief when we have an overwhelming amount of of evidence that shows that something happened, something, some kind of intervention happened so early on. We're talking about the earliest periods of what we assume to be. Uh, humanity, but could have been the restarting of humanity multiple times. You know, there could have been how many, you know, again, I mean, the the idea that we haven't explored 80% of our oceans, yeah. we haven't excavated anything 100%, anything. So I don't think, is there anything that's 100% excavated that we know 100% like that's the whole structure, this is what they did, here's how they did it, that none of it, right? mm hmm So that alone is like these people that say it can't be that are just as bad as the people that say it is that. Right. You know, it's like you can't say either one. We have no idea. But the evidence certainly says, I will argue, it certainly says it wasn't fucking humans (laughs) without the wheel. It definitely wasn't that. So those people are liars and frauds. And and I would say thieves of the potential of humanity to be able to know the truth.
1: Yeah, it discredits mm-hmm. humanity.
2: That's right, and it discredits anyone in the pursuit of mm-hmm. that truth. You know, like Graham Hancock's been put under a lot of attack. Oh
1: you
0: know, my being God! Being called
2: racist and and uh, what unreal. And I, as I tell Mark all the time, is like, dude, that's when you're over the target. Yeah. There's a reason yeah. why there's. Everybody and their brothers in front of Congress talking about UFOs and nobody's in front of Congress talking about ancient civilizations. Mm, It's because that's that's a distraction and the truth lies under our feet. And so if you look at like, man, if we if we actually had the freedom to go in with, of course, respect to to uh, excavate these things to its entirety, how far back is humanity really going to go? When we get a solid look, a real solid look, which they have com- very compelling evidence from LIDAR in the Amazon, that there's a whole mega uh, cities going on in the Amazon. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's crazy. So it's like, man, it's, it, we just have no idea. So I just love the, the thought that humans, I don't know why it comforts me so much, to think that humans are watching out for humans in the future. Humanity is trying to preserve humanity. You know, Mm. they're coming back in different stages. This is why potentially they've come. They seem to be interacting with some of the most major events in recent history. You know, Mm. maybe that's why they were there during the atom bomb creation. Maybe that's why they were there, you know, during these random sections, they were supposedly there, uh, during the, what was it? The battle of Los Angeles. Oh yeah. You know, uh, maybe that's why they were there during the what Cuban missile crisis. People say that that was a UFO thing. Um, Mm -hmm. there was a a real case of them launching a nuke into space (laughs) and the supposedly UFO shot it down or disengaged or whatever you want to call it. So, you know, it's just fascinating to me. And then again, Going back to the ancient stuff, when you look at we we, we did a recent episode uh, about the ancient relics that prove advanced yeah, civilization. Thank you, thank you. Thank you very much. And and what was so funny about that is we could have done forty five more minutes.
1: <laughs> or more. Or
2: more. Or yeah. Like there's have, yeah. so much we had to pin it down. Like yeah. we had to go, we gotta stop. Yeah. At some point, we had pages upon pages upon pages and clips on clips on clips of just so much evidence that legitimately proves maybe not aliens, Mm -hmm. maybe not future humans. Maybe it maybe doesn't prove anything, but it proves the mainstream is wrong. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it proves that there are lies and fuckery afoot to keep humanity from knowing,
3: in my opinion, it's true power. Absolutely. Absolutely. Have you guys heard of Michael Cremo?
2: Oh, so. that name
3: sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's written a couple books. There was one, I think, The Hidden History of the Human Race. Uh, don't quote me on it. I don't know if that's the exact title. Uh, but there's it's Forbidden
2: Thick- Archaeology.
3: Forbidden Archaeology. That's okay. it. That's the one I'm I'm thinking about. And it's like five yes. or 600 pages. I read that book like years and years ago, and it's just um, page after page after page of all the research that uh, Michael's done showing like these artifacts, uh, that are ancient, that should not, should not exist. They, they shouldn't have existed. They shouldn't have been, they shouldn't have been found in the the strata level that they were found at. Um, he brings forth a lot of, a lot of really good information on that.
2: Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I love people like that because, um, man, there was another guy I was trying to find, but I can't find him right now. Um, anyways, it doesn't matter, but there, there's another guy, technology. Uh, he does like, uh, another guy, another guy that does technology, like lost technology, Christopher something.
3: Christopher Dunn. Yeah, I did have the right name. <laughs> oh yeah. He's a, he's a machinist. Yes. And oh, wow. he, and he's been to the pyramids and, yes. and he studied these statues and, and he basically, I mean, he's knowledgeable. That's, that's the field that he's in. He's an yeah. expert and he's yeah. looking at the statues and going, these things were machined. That's right. They were machined. I mean, uh, I remember seeing a video of he was analyzing uh, uh, one of the statues and just doing all this computer analysis on it, and he basically said, "Look, I mean, parts of this statue, um, the technology that would need to be used, they would at least have had to have had like a, a an, like an electric lathe." Yeah, exactly. We're talking like thousands of years ago, right? That's right. So, yeah, you know, incredible
2: yeah well and and you have that I think we talked about it briefly uh one of the other episodes, but that mo- more recent find, which was the five thousand year old granite vase that is made oh, from oh, one yeah. solid piece, including handles on the side, that is within one one thousandth of an inch of perfect asymmetrical
3: <laughs> I saw that
2: it's yeah it's astounding yep, it's a, like, and again yeah. it's it's a, it might not say aliens. Future humans, but it is very, very clear there was significantly advanced people and methods going on in the ancient world, and so you know you have to speculate that. Look, if we don't know the answer, then what's the most likely conclusion? It's, it's. Mm-hmm. I think, I think Graham Hancock, uh, uh, Randall Carlson, Christopher Dunn. I think these people are probably mm-hmm. right when they say it's a passed down. Uh, knowledge from it's an inherited knowledge, yeah. Correct. Inherited knowledge from a a, a a civilization that was advanced, that survived a, a massive cataclysm of some kind, maybe yeah. several, and mm-hmm. w- were able to successfully either go underground wherever the fuck they went that were mm-hmm. al- allowed them to escape this cataclysm to come back to these primitive primitive people these hunter gatherers that would i would argue would be uh uh, looked at as gods Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if you had knowledge i mean look we talked about this if you had a fraction of of what we're capable of today, being able to access information. Let's say some crazy chance you can tap into Google in the ancient <laughs> history. I don't know. Frugal, but, <laughs> frugal. but but imagine if we had a fraction mm-hmm. of our abilities now with external technology and we're able to go back to a, a history, to a culture that had a lockdown on uh, natural energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, who would be more powerful? Like Tartaria. Oh, Tartaria. <laughs> Are you familiar with Tartaria? I am not. Enlighten <gasps> me here. I oh, am, my God. I am Mark, you got to take it away. He is so... I, I can barely say so, it.
1: Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I, I can't say it half the time either. But, so, Tartaria supposedly was a ancient advanced culture that the actual country was above China. And there is some... Um, like, myth, basically, that the Great Wall of China was actually built by this these individuals, hmm. this country, because yeah, the towers face, actually, China. Exactly. So, and usually when you build a wall, the towers face the enemy, right? Because you're looking exactly, out, right? Yep, yep. So, and maybe the Chinese built onto this Great Wall, essentially, is what they're saying, but... Similar
2: um, to the way that the ancient Egyptians potentially yep. built on to the structures that already re- we have evidence like of the that. capstones, correct, the pyramids, correct,
1: right? exactly. So they supposedly in Tartaria had um, very tall beings, like basically like giants as well, which they had in like their army. I think they were called the Tartars actually, which this has been like erased okay. from history.
0: Yeah, it's crazy.
1: And there's all these star cities that are built all over the world. And we were kind of showcasing. Yeah, we did a breakdown of this. All yeah. this but, Interesting. And Interesting. all their buildings have the domes like Moscow. Russia is actually supposed to be where the capital was of this country. Mm-hmm. And um, it actually the culture itself supposedly had free energy like Tesla energy.
2: Wow. And, he, so. and they say that the architecture was designed mm-hmm. specifically to capitalize on the yes. natural flow of energy. That's why they use such perfectly round, mm-hmm, pointed, domes. all because they that were all so set cool. up. Yep. Isn't it? It's fascinating. So fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. And so, again, mm-hmm. it's like the evidence continues to stack up that there, is, there was interaction, there was ancient knowledge. I mean, we can go back to the earliest examples of this in the Sumerian culture and look mm. at references to beings. That, I mean, oh, even the Egyptians say that they believe, uh, what is it, they believe in a thing called, um, oh, Kemet? Oh, yeah. Is that what it I is? I think that's how you say it. And that's yeah. a time before. hmm Yes. So that's a time before. They even acknowledge, we, we got inherited technology. Mm-hmm. We yeah. we came after this that were that were better than us or maybe not better but look at the but, Sphinx
1: the face has been yes. changed you know the pyramid hasn't even been discovered all the way there's no. still supposedly chambers in the Great Pyramid that are
2: well look at it I mean look I, you know I, I put down a little bit of a list Stonehenge yeah you know the arrangement of Stonehenge nobody's been able to as far as I can understand as no is that nobody's been able to accurately understand like why. Mm-hmm. why is that uh uh what what's some of the ancient texts mention mythical beings and divine influences raising question about whether these accounts hold hidden truths <laughs> yeah mm. you know the precise alignment of the stones the temples of Baalbek. oh my gosh those
3: are huge huge
2: that's in lebanon uh let's see is it lebanon I think so where' does it say oh yeah lebanon, lebanon. Temples of Baalbek in Lebanon boast some of the largest and heaviest stone blocks ever quarried and transported by ancient humans. Yeah, weighing over a thousand tons, and they're put fit together like a puzzle. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, again, it's it's. I just love that. Look at this stage. What's funny to me is when people look at this evidence. And when I say people, I mean the douchebags that hold it hostage, like the Smithsonian or whatnot, you know, that that when they look at it, they refuse to see the evidence for what it is. And again, we don't have to label it as aliens. It doesn't have to be labeled as future humans, but clearly you cannot say it's hunter gatherers. You can't. No, it's either hunter gatherers with superpowers (laughs) Or, or it's an advanced civilization that understood natural energy. I mean, look at the what's Frequency. the guy? The Coral
3: Castle. Oh yes, uh, Ed Lee Skol, uh, Skullman. was that his it's name? Uh, Edward Lead Scouman. Lead Scouman. Yeah, he was a it, skinny little guy. Wasn't yeah. he like? Um, he was a um, Lithuanian or something. Um. And,
2: yeah, I don't know. I'm Florida, not sure. Yeah. yeah, it
3: was in Florida. Yeah. Yeah, and he built this thing by himself.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. And it was all in secret. He never showed, he did it during the night, never Mm -hmm. explained how he did it, but (laughs) um, he claimed to have discovered the secrets of the ancient Egyptians and to have used magnetic and anti-gravity principles to single-handedly move and carve massive coral stones. And so again, it's like, I I love the idea that like the last airbender was onto something. (laughs) You know, yeah. that, that these, there were being, like, think about people that have amazing intuition, almost mm-hmm. to the point where they're clairvoyant, right? Mm-hmm. Now, expand that to practice, isolation, where they can really hone that in. You know, yeah. you got nothing but time, baby. You got nothing but time. And so you dedicate your life to understanding that. How valuable, how godlike would that be if there were these select, like, imagine they're priests. You know, that have been, I mean, all the time we hear about priests and uh, in the ancient world, you know, Mm. a select group of people that were that were enlightened shamans is another great example. They were in tune with the earth and with the healing properties of the world and the universe. And so they could do things um, with psychedelics and whatnot. That's right. Sound and frequency. So imagine it's not it's not as far fetched like right now. Yeah, it's far fetched to think about in our busy light saturated world that anybody would be able to concentrate on Let's anything on
1: purpose. Yeah. No
2: kidding.
0: Extra, yeah. external
2: energy. It convinces us that we have no power, that we need to externalize it. Not that I'm against it. I can't live without Fi. However, <laughs> however, I'm just saying that, that imagine a world where you have a, even a thousand people, how powerful would a thousand people be when they could harness the elements of magnet, natural magnetism in the earth, the mag at natural. Uh, we were talking about uh, gravitational anomalies oh, around yeah. the planet. Yep. You know the yeah. fact that they knew about ley lines. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. There's yeah. so much ancient knowledge in in uh, just the natural abilities of the planet and to connect with that. You know what were we talking about? The theory about the uh, the uh, pyramid of Giza being a power plant. And, oh yeah. And and it was it was you know on the ley lines. It's what. Within what well, is it? And the
1: obelisk too, look like they're almost like a, a power pole that connects to the pyramid. That's right. The monoliths it. that yep. go
2: that are right outside that yep. were covered in some kind of metal. Yeah, it's carved silver from and one gold piece combined. It's that's called right. like,
1: electroplatum or something. Yes. And it, yep.
2: yeah, what was that? It's gold and silver put together. Yep.
1: And, and, and something ha- else, I think.
2: But yeah, well, it was mercury.
1: Mercury. That's right. Yep.
3: Okay, mercury. So, yes? so this this, this. <laughs> triggered me here because I went to a, a a site outside of Mexico City Teotihuacan and I yeah. write about it in my book amazing archaeological site huge pyramids the pyramid of the sun and the pyramid of the moon and they're connected by a roadway called the the Aztecs called it the road of the dead and on either side of this road are a series of smaller pyramids but these the pyramid of the sun and the pyramid of of the moon are massive and Probably 10, 15 years ago, underneath uh, that those structures were found tunnels. And underneath there were found spheres filled with liquid mercury. That's right. Mm-hmm.
1: That's emperor, right. The Emperor's Pyramid in China has mercury in it too, remember?
3: Dude. Mercury in it, yeah. So- and if you can get mercury cold enough and keep it uh, – at a, at a cold enough temperature, it can produce anti-gravity properties.
2: That's right. And uh, not only that, not with cold, what's uh, theorized with the de Glock, mm-hmm. the Nazi bell, is that they mm-hmm. actually spun red mercury yeah, right at around. high speed, and that created an energy field and, a, and an anti-gravity field. So there could have been ways that the reason why it's in a sphere is because you can spin mm-hmm. a sphere yeah.
3: Uh, that it's makes sense. It's much
2: easier. So if you have that way, and they, you know, I mean, shit, you look at like time crystals now being used in uh, in in quantum computers. What if these were things that they knew about? I mean, I know we're speculating a lot here, but shit, it <laughs> lends to speculating because we don't know. <laughs> And yeah. so it's like, well, shit, I mean, we have to entertain these ideas. We have to entertain them because we don't have an answer. It'd be one thing if we had a solid answer. That's why I asked you that. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, do we have a solid answer? No. Well, then that allows for nothing but speculation. And that's Absolutely. really, I mean, that's what
1: science is.
2: That's what yeah. science mm-hmm. and archaeology is doing. Anthropo- well, anthropology is a little bit more evidence-based. But mm-hmm. but certainly with archaeology, they're, they're, they're guesstimating. Mm-hmm. Based on the fact like we had said early on is that they haven't excavated all these things, so we they don't even have a clear picture but yet they're painting it as though they do exactly you know oh we have a fraction of a piece, so we'll just kind of fill in the blanks <laughs> right there's a lot of blanks yeah yes. yeah it's it's fascinating i mean uh what's this this theory that there's mercury found in is this kind of a common thing?
3: You know, I don't think so. Um, you know, it, uh, the under the the tunnels of Teotihuacan, they were they were in these spheres. Yeah, and yeah. I know if you're handling liquid mercury, it's very toxic. You're going to shorten your lifespan. You know, even even by handling. So the question is, what on earth, you know, were these ancient peoples doing? You know putting this liquid mercury in these spheres. I mean, what, for what purpose? And, you know, archaeologists would say, oh, they would use the liquid mercury as a scrying device, which is like a crystal ball. And, you know, where they would, you know, try to look into the future or, or whatnot. Um, who knows, but I, I just don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm just not buying that. I'm just not yeah. buying that.
2: Well, it's interesting. I punched in, I Googled, uh, I googled uh, Mercury found at ancient sites. And of course, they mentioned, like you had said, the Teotihuacan. Is that how you say it?
3: Uh, Teotihuacan, the place where men became gods. Uh
2: Yes. And then it also says that several Mayan cities have Mm -hmm. dangerously high levels of mercury pollution.
3: Interesting.
2: So maybe there was something more going on with Mm -hmm. mercury as a natural compound, seeing that it had these crazy properties. Yeah. supposedly that maybe uh, they were
3: power plants like you were yeah, talking yeah, about yes. like the pyramids of giza you know yeah. maybe over in in uh, south america and and over in parts of north america they they had tapped into that uh same concept i mean obviously we know in ancient times there there were there are so many connections between uh you know uh south america and and over in egypt because they found you've heard of the cocaine mummies were in some of the <laughs> yes mummies, they found coke traces of cocaine and at and at that particular time the only place you can find cocaine was uh you know was over in south america yeah. so there had to have been uh contact
2: well and that's something else is is that that is is so amazing about the ancient world is the idea that there is seems to be connections to a lot of different cultures the similarities. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the um, in the I'm looking for it right now, It's like a worldwide power grid. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> really. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Well, if, if you look at these these cultural similarities, you have the symbolism going on with the serpents. Yeah, you'd mentioned dragons before. That's a really common uh, theme. The cross, mm-hmm. and, and it's beli- connected to knowledge too. That's yes. right. That's right. With and the uh, and the lesser liked swastika, mm-hmm. which is uh, actually originally. What, the Chinese used it for the sign of hope, I believe, yeah, for uh, in the, Tibet. I believe. Yeah. Oh, Tibet. Works, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, get leave it up to the Nazis to hijack a good thing. You <laughs> oh, know. Sure. But the sun worship—that's something that that cro- uh, numerous numerous cultures mm-hmm. uh, worship mm-hmm. the sun, and that that one makes a lot of sense, even for semi primitive hunter gatherer society, it's because your it's food. Life, I mean. Yeah, your food is going to fall in line with the sun pattern. So, I mean, it would be very easy to believe that the sun is in control, you know, of oh, that, yeah. of all that. But uh, yeah,
3: Graham, Graham Hancock talks about a lot of uh, like how the Aztecs would do a lot of human sacrifice. Yeah, and it was, he believes that it was their belief system that the earth needed blood, mm-hmm. and it was like to to feed the earth. And if they didn't sacrifice all these people and give give the earth blood, then the sun might not rise. Sure. Right? And if the sun doesn't rise, then you're in trouble.
2: Yeah. Well, and it's really amazing, you know, when you look at... Again, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's fascinating to think, because on one hand, I think, why were these ancient cultures, if they were so far advanced, why were they so superstitious? You know, was there something to it? Was there something to the sun? I mean, was it, was it more than what we think of as them just uh, worshipping it, worshiping it because it uh, revolved around harvest, or was there more to it?
3: Yeah, uh, and Graham gets into that because he talks about ancient cataclysms, particularly around twelve, thirteen thousand 13,000 years ago, where he said a comet, hit the planet, a big one, and it split up into pieces, and it hit North America and over in Europe. And so there was cataclysmic effects on this Earth. I'm, I'm sure there was a darkening of the sun for quite a period of time, and... And just the all the other um, you know catastrophes that would follow something like that happening, if the ice caps getting hit uh, with a large comet fragment, melting them, raising the sea levels, creating flooding, um, you know uh, wildfires in the in the in the forested area, and so these ancient peoples witnessed these cataclysms, and um, so yeah, I mean the darkening of the sun, could you imagine that for a period of time?
1: Yeah,
0: and.
3: Uh, how that would impact a, a, a society? I, well, and you, oh, go ahead. Oh,
1: that kind of explains the tunnels in Turkey.
3: So yeah.
1: Around what is it? I, so it's Göbekli Tepe. Yes, thank you.
2: <laughs> I can yeah.
1: never say I that. I struggle word. with it for a
3: while. <laughs> but yeah, I that whole area,
1: there's thousands of tunnels. You know, yeah, and there are people yeah. lived yes. underground.
3: <laughs> you know, why? well on those big pillars. Yes, on those big T-shaped pillars, mm-hmm. um, there's all kinds of interesting uh, imagery on there. And now they're they're finding symbols on there that represent comet. Mm, the comet. Ah. So it was almost like they they had recorded on those pillars um, that there was this event that there was a you know a comet uh, impact. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of I- imagery on there, and I forget what the what the symbol. I think it's like a, a an, an animal symbol. But it's found in other cultures and it, and it has to do with uh, comet imagery. There's
1: a vulture that's holding up like a ball. Yeah. And they have a yeah. the handbag above that on one of the yeah. pillars. Yeah.
3: Okay. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, there's also animals on there that are that are long extinct for yeah. thousands and thousands of years that are carved on those pillars.
2: That's right. Exactly. And that's that's something else, as I was going to mention that, is I was going to mention the idea that how would they have all the knowledge of those
3: animals in one small area? Here's another interesting point. Around that area of Turkey, um, it's uh, basically believed that that's where uh, Noah's Ark came mm-hmm. to rest.
2: Yes, yes.
3: And so you have all these different, uh, all these different animal imagery on these pillars, and some of those animals are not indigenous to that particular area. Yeah,
2: yeah, Very, it's it's fascinating. I mean, again, it's uh, it, yeah, as you had said, the uh, the ancient comet swarm uh, symbol. Let's see, what is it? It's um, well, it goes into a whole thing, but. But yeah, I mean the younger dryas thing, I love all that. Uh with uh, oh, uh Randall Carlson. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so no, fascinating man. to think about, you know, it's it's fascinating to uh I mean and and, and you know you bring up something uh, important is like so this these cultures that came before, they experienced this blocking out of the sun. So if you play the game of telephone enough, right, (laughs) it goes from, look, we need the sun to survive, and so if it gets blocked out, we're fucked to worship the sun, because if we don't, we'll all die. Very good point. So it could easily, I mean, easily be translated through thousands of years, it gets translated into worship as opposed to acknowledge the importance of the sun to your existence, and so, and as a lot of things do, you know, I mean, uh, well, uh, the, the greatest, uh, I think is, he does uncharted X great mm-hmm. channel uh, on YouTube. He does, he does a lot of this like, uh, structural stuff. He's an engineer.
3: I, I, I subscribe to that. You, you suggested that yeah. I think when I talked to you before.
2: Yeah. He breaks down so much stuff. It's crazy. And uh, he goes really in depth. But, uh, one of the things is, is that, uh, you know that he says is is oh, I just completely lost my train of thought.
3: <laughs> Sorry. Don't worry, it'll pop back yep. in.
2: Good lord, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. Anyways, um, the idea that oh oh, I remember. Okay, so he had said yeah, <laughs> there it is. He had said he uh, had said you know it wouldn't be that far of a stretch. For if we got wiped out, right? So these days, we all have cell phones, you know, in our our hands and all this stuff. Then imagine a thousand years from now, if we get wiped out, there's going to be people in a cave with black rocks holding in their hands, telling their kids, can you imagine that one, the people were able to communicate on these stones, these stones right here, they could see pictures and they could talk to each other. And they had the whole world's knowledge. They could communicate with the stone and they could bring up, like it wouldn't be that far of a fetch if nobody had seen that for a thousand years. And all they had were stories, you know, that it would, it would. So
3: so true. Yeah. So so. you guys, did you guys see the original, um, planet of the apes movies oh, which yes. uh, I mean it, what, what you're talking about Ben is reminding me of that movie remember let's go to the ending scene of that movie where he's running from the apes. He had, he had kidnapped Dr. Zayas, the -hmm. the scientist, and they went to what, what place? The forbidden zone. Yeah. Because that's where Cornelius was doing the archeological stuff and then covering remnants of this advanced civilization that were human. They weren't ape, right? That Mm -hmm. wasn't supposed to, that wasn't supposed to be. And then when they're all in that cave and uh, they're hiding out and uh, Charlton Heston is there, And, the, I think the, the, uh, his companion, the lady, her name was Taylor, really hot looking (laughs) gal. She was a few, yeah, she couldn't talk, but she picks up the little doll and, 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 and then, um, and then she's looking at it and then, and then, uh, Charlton Heston goes well what do you think of that Dr. Zayas and and he looks at it and he goes well any ape toy maker could make that and mm-hmm. then she drops it or something and then it had a recorded voice and it said mama mama mm-hmm. mama which was like a huge technology for the, yep. where they lived and then he's looking at him and he goes you know something like you know could could they make a doll that talked mm-hmm. you yeah. know and yeah. then noticed when he left the cave uh, and 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 doctors asked what they they said well what do you want us to do with the cave he said blow it up blow it up because yeah. it contradicted it contradicted their whole belief system yeah. that's right and what a what an, a
2: um prophetic message because that is exactly what's happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is exactly, and we, it, we can see it time and time again. Again, like, like these structures, Gebekli Tepe. They, they, I mean, uh, one of the most uh, popular thing or well-known things is when Graham Hancock was in a debate with uh, Zawi Hawass, I think is his mm-hmm. name, yeah. um, the, the Egyptologist, yep. that, that he refused to even debate Graham Hancock when he brought up Gebekli Tepe. Oh, and yeah. not only that, said later on, he wasn't even aware of it. Wasn't even aware of it. Unreal. And then you have, you know, later on the Jogan podcast, you had Randall Carlson, uh, Graham Hancock debate Michael Shermer, who's a famous skeptic, Mm -hmm. and he wasn't even familiar with with it entirely. And so it's like these people purposely ignore this stuff because Mm -hmm. it does them no good. But that doesn't
3: mean that it's not true. It's knowledge filtration system, and gotcha. I and I, I think we talked about this when I was on there before, and I, I write about it in my book. Um, how you know when you have you know your your dogma, your beliefs, and 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 this is how you see the world, or this is how you've been educated or trained. Yeah. Automatically, the way the mind works is you will filter out any new bit of information that contradicts that that belief that that It'll, you'll just filter it out. I mean it just won't even register like oh that that can't be true because it doesn't fit into this box. So That's it's right. got to be fake, it's got to be an anomaly, it's got to be it's got to be hoaxed.
2: That's right. Well, and if you look at, you know, and I'm not picking on anybody, but you know, fuck you, but here's the deal <laughs> is look at look at the Christian crusades and going through and destroying Human oh, yeah. origin stories because it didn't fit to the faith. The the uh, I don't know if it was the Christians that destroyed the Ale- uh, Library of Alexandria, but it was certainly a, a an opposing culture that came in and sure. destroyed it. It was the single greatest loss of knowledge in human history, and and
3: yeah. how many times does something like that happened? A lot. It repeats over and over. And it's interesting when you bring up the Crusades because. I think of the Knights Templar, because mm-hmm. allegedly the Templars brought a lot of the hidden knowledge that did survive, and they, they brought it back over into Europe. Yeah, And yeah. that was like this hidden body of knowledge that, that they uh, obtained, allegedly, at the, uh, the temple, uh, temple of Solomon. Uh, yeah. There's tunnels underneath there. Now it's uh, Al-Alaska Al- Mosque, which is one of the holiest sites in the world amongst Muslims, Christians and uh and and the Jews. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's where they set up their headquarters when they when they were setting up their base of operations over there in in the Middle East. It was at that at that place.
1: Well, and that's that's why I feel the Templars were taken out on purpose too. Uh, You know, know the the myth behind Friday the 13th, right?
3: Right. It was it was the 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 uh, the day that uh, the year that it was uh, Friday the 13th was that King King Philip the Fair Mm -hmm. of France. He had he was in debt to the Templars. And not only that, he owed him a bunch of money, but he was also afraid, you know, they had all these armies and he was afraid (laughs) that they were going to take over things. So he wanted to wipe out his debt and wipe out the military threat. And so then he trumped up charges that they were devil worshippers and whatnot and tortured some of them, captured some of them, yeah, tortured them. them at the up, stake. Burned them at the stakes. yeah, the, uh, Jacques de Molay, he was a grand mm-hmm. master. And as he was burning at the stake, he, he, he yelled out a curse that the, the king of France and the pope would, uh, within a year they would be dead and and sure as shit yep. both of them <laughs> yeah, dead. the pope was assassinated <laughs> oh yeah
2: yeah yep well and something was- we had talked about before was the assassins creed games that went mm-hmm. into all that crazy mm-hmm. stuff it's it's really amazing because you know again hidden history it's like it's it's kind of it's been hidden but yet it gets out in these ways that people aren't even looking it's kind of like the Carmactic
1: it- law you know Like we've talked about with this hidden elitist group that maybe controls the world, you
3: know? They tell us what they're going to do. It's almost like shoot and pull, you know? Oh, I'm going to put the five ball in the side pocket. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) And And it's the same. It's it's the same. So, yeah, I kind of want – I've wondered about that. Is there some, like, uh, universal law or Mm -hmm. spiritual law that these people have to in some way kind of show their hand Uh, before they they do what they do. It clears uh, them
1: karmatically, right?
3: Yeah, it clears them, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also, too, I think of a biblical, uh, there was a scripture that says, you know, my people uh, perish for lack of knowledge. Mm. Yep. Well, that's going to
2: be humanity, dude. mm -hmm. I mean, you know, if we look at it, I mean, it's just, you know, and people go into all, you know, like the AI thing. uh, I use ChatGPT a lot. And yeah. I, I dig it, you know, as a tool. And I understand the apprehension because if you look at, like, the Internet, um, dramatically changed the way humans interact with each other. It dramatically changed a number of aspects in humanity from medicine to mm. currency, knowledge. I mean, we have more access. It's funny because we have the most access to knowledge in than ever before in the history of humanity. And yet we have the most... Um, limited access to it ever. It's like it's like the internet was a double edged sword in that way. It's like we're going to give you access, but yet we're going to demonize anything that goes out, you know, uh, that goes outside of this uh, this narrative, whatever that is. But but exactly. you know, what if the reason, what if the reason that they cover all this stuff up is because they know, it's because they know that our origins. Are extremely powerful they know where exactly where we come from they know exactly what the evidence points to that it is future humans and that's why they don't want us to know is that maybe they're worried i mean you know i think about this i think about okay humanity would definitely change with the acknowledgement of aliens right but how much more would it change with the acknowledgement of time travel? Right. It would ma- to me, it would make me question literally everything I see. You know, mm-hmm. now aliens, it would make me question a lot of things that I've read and seen mm-hmm. and maybe some of the things in the sky and whatnot. But that's about it. You know, for me, I, well, I'm saying that not having experienced that. So maybe it would be more of an ass blown out moment than I imagine it would be. But, but, you know, I just shit my pants. You know, one day over there, just like, well, here we go. We've got Jared from uh, Quasar 9 that says, yep, aliens exist. And I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to squirt. Anyways, but, uh, but, but how much more. Of a of a fundamental of your everyday life would it change to know time travel exists? And to wonder, well, where has that taken place? What's real? Right. What's real? What's been changed? Now the whole idea, you know, now we kind of play with the idea of like, oh uh well, it's not Manchurian candidate. What is it? It's the uh Mandela effect. Oh yeah. And oh, yeah. uh and th- I mean that right away you'd be like, I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> I knew there was a cornucopian Fruit of the Looms logo. That's right. You know? Uh, so it's, it's uh, to me, I think like that, I mean, it's all going to impact humanity, right? That the existence of, of aliens. But if you look at the Pentagon coming out and saying An otherworldly craft exists and everybody is like, Pfft, whatever, you know, yeah. it, it's it makes me wonder like maybe it's not that existential of a question after all, you know, mm-hmm. because based on the person. Like me, it's not going to affect me that much. I'm going to be like, shit, yeah. I always <laughs> wanted it to. Maybe I'll run into one. But time travel, dude, I mean, it's, it's going to make me really question the fabric of reality. Absolutely. You know, because then it's like, well, when did they implement it? Right. How long have they had it? What are they going back and changing? Because clearly they can Are they still doing
3: it? Are they still
2: doing it? Did the Nazis have the ability to do it? Did the Nazi belt like the Glock is said to be there's this crazy theory that I love uh, (laughs) that uh, love and hate because it's scary as shit to think the Nazis had time travel. But what if this this uh, Glock it they there's some theories that it slowed down time when you were inside of it. Wow. So like what if it slowed down time to where I think one of the estimates was for every one year you're in a hundred years passes. Mm. You know, imagine that. Imagine the knowledge you would come back with if you could. Didn't you say did if you step
1: with. out of it, you would?
2: You would immediately yeah, you like die. die. Well, no, <laughs> or, or, I can't remember if they said like you would die or not, hmm. but you just wouldn't have aged. Oh, wow. Hmm. That, that time didn't pass, you know, which we know this. We know that in certain aspects, time uh, 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 passes differently for different individuals, right? Hmm. Time's relative. Time's
3: relative. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. very interesting. I just saw a program where um, they wanted to ask the They asked the question, is time fixed? And they took these two clocks, like these scientific clocks, like I don't know how many thousands of dollars these things, you know, were. Um, and what they did is um, they were you know exactly synced up, and they took one and they put it at a higher elevation, like up near a mountain, mm. and they put one down at, at sea level. You know, for a certain period of time, and then they they wanted to see if they were the exact the exact same time. And actually, the one at higher elevation, the time was different by like 14 nanoseconds. Wow, it was kind of really interesting it was really really interesting so so time time is not necessarily um not necessarily
2: fixed well certainly i mean there's all kinds of you know the um we in fact we talked to a a fascinating conversation with a marine biologist Mm -hmm. who also Mm -hmm. believes that she's a galactic ambassador um that Mm. can channel past lives and can uh can channel other people's past lives and and channel these galactic beings was fascinating uh topic yeah. but but we got into that um mm-hmm. which was the idea that uh that um I I did it again dude. <laughs>
1: because we're on deep
3: happening <laughs> it, it, What is it, happening? It'll, it it'll pop back in your head. This keep bond and it will it's just going to click Oh yes, and- that uh, the time
2: is 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 not linear obviously <laughs> that it is all happening at the same time and that's her argument that that mm-hmm. I've lived past lives is I'm living them right now.
1: Multiple dimensions. Right. That's right. She's okay. living multiple
2: past lives at the same time yeah. because pa- time is all happening at the same time. It's uh it's ve- ve- I mean this is this is what i like about the future humans uh theory i love time travel i love the concept of travel the the thought Mm -hmm. exercise between everything of the paradoxes and what is the grandfather paradox excuse me and uh which they just need to rename the marnie mcfly uh paradox i don't know (laughs) Ah, why they haven't done that already but they need to because nobody. Yeah, nobody's yeah. thinking of the grandfather. They think of Marty McFly. Yeah, exactly. Um, the, oh, the red vest paradox. That's what <laughs> we could call it, the red vest paradox. But anyways, but, like, you know, uh, imagine that, that that maybe they've ironed that out. You know, maybe they've figured out how to, you know, again, we're going a thousand years in the future. You know, mm-hmm. a ten, potentially 10,000, who knows? But but the, to me, it's such a fascinating level to this to think about time travel, what humanity looks like. You know, it's it just fascinates me. And then again, when you throw in the ancient world into this and then you add in the modern UFO phenomenon of the duck and dive and the covert operation style of these sightings, man, it really starts to become ke- become plausible.
3: It it's a really fascinating subject. I'm also really intrigued with such things as uh portals, stargates, yes. wormholes. Yes. The whole concept of wormholes, some people believe that um you know, if you f- you know follow along with the the big bang theory that there actually when the big bang happened there are wor- there are wormholes that were created yeah. and that as the universe is getting bigger, it's expanding, these wormholes are getting are getting bigger. And, um, you know, some researchers believe that you can, you know, there are, these wormholes do exist. And if you travel through them, they bend, they bend space and time. And I saw a really good analogy cause I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a dummy when it comes to this stuff, but I thought it was so cool. I, I you have a piece of paper. I saw it on online and you have your, you know, your starting point. This is space time here. This is your destination. And when you're able to go through a wormhole and you, and you bend that, yep. Right. You create, you know, you create that shorter you punch distance. through. That's right. That's you punch, right. You punch you punch through. You That's punch right. through. Exactly. And so I am uh, absolutely intrigued about that because you have a lot of ancient civilizations that talk about um, you know, portals and even in their um the the cave paintings and stuff, they'll yes. have these circles mm. and you know, when I was doing research for my book, um, I was looking in, into some of the Anasazi Um, you know some of their tradition and there was a story about how their um, their shamans got into the practice of of black magic and they actually opened up these portals and these portals opened up and these beings came out and they were giants and they started destroying everything uh, killing and cannibalizing and everything but it was like their shamanic practices they um, they opened up they opened up these portals and these beings came out you know I, I don't know where they were from but I, I, I'm intrigued with that—the whole concept of wormholes and, yeah. and and that thing.
2: Well, and also, you know, you bring up uh, the portals and running into these beings, um, and 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 the shamans and the psychedelics. It—that's it, another aspect of this. That's that, a
3: whole uh, other aspect, and it's like, yeah. yeah, it's like, can you can you time travel? up here can you, you get go. into that altered state of consciousness and i don't know some people would call it astral projection mm-hmm. there's probably other terms but can you you know you know leave your physical body here your spirit actually do some some time traveling and yeah. wasn't there some there was some government um practice I, what did they call that um i don't know well, like, like
1: remote re-
2: viewing you can
3: remote viewing
2: yourself. yeah yeah, yeah. After, At
3: any point, place, and time, right? That's right.
2: And there's some very compelling evidence of people. Like one of the best cases, I can't remember what his name is. I can't remember any details about it. But it's a guy was able to see submarines Mm -hmm. in the water that he wasn't told about previously that he would have had no knowledge of. Um, and in fact, it like freaked him out that he knew <laughs> that he knew where those were. I mean, there's other people that claim that they've been to Mars and things like that, but sure. certainly the remote viewing where um, they were in a lab, they were able to see these these uh, military targets that, that that they would have had no. That's pretty compelling. Mm-hmm. You know, very, yes. very compelling. And then on top of that, you have the legitimate. Uh, you know, not the like psychic readings over the phone, but like a legitimate psychic that has led people to uh, you know victims in the ground that are actually able to do that. That's
3: legitimate, legitimate it's stuff. Legitimate. Yeah, mm-hmm. one of my martial arts teachers, his 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 mom was a psychic, and wow. she had actually. With law enforcement and help crack some murder cases yeah, and, and yeah. those types of situations. Yeah.
2: Well and again it comes down to that that idea that, you know, humans potentially have these natural characteristics. Obviously we don't use our whole brain, we don't understand consciousness well enough. We barely understand how our bodies work entirely, you know. Let alone these crazy things, you that's know. Why like, I don't use fluoride toothpaste? Yeah, <laughs> <Blocking laughs> I need to throw gland. mine away. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Seriously. But but really, and and so then that's a whole other thing. Is like you know these these people, and I bring it up all the time, but these people that experience, you know, multiple individuals that have said that their experiences with things like DMT. Mm-hmm. Um, which imagine in the ancient world having the abilities potentially to manipulate your environment and the power of knowledge to go outside of yourself to maybe future beings, maybe future humans, maybe interdimensional beings, we don't know. But there's a lot of people in group settings and individuals that have run into these biomechanical entities these mechanical elves is what they're called a lot of people claim this and that they're they're there to show you something they're anticipating you they're happy they're excited to see you um they're they're like excited that you found the technology to get to them you know and all this stuff and so it's like it's like man it really makes you wonder like we had talked about in the ancient relics episode about what the bag is Oh yeah, You know, and like you had oh, mentioned, yeah. it could it have been some kind of briefcase with some kind of technology that they used to be able to open portals and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then my thing was like, well, what if it was psychedelics? Exactly. You're opening, you're doing the same thing, except not in the physical realm, yeah. which makes more sense if we don't have any physical evidence of these things. You know, that it, it falls right in line with personal experience. You would bring all this knowledge back. There'd be zero evidence of it. You know, so if you took on, let's say there was, again, going back to the thousand people uh, uh, analogy of there being a thousand people that are privy to this knowledge and information that are tasked with devoting their lives to understanding the universe. And so these were the people that, you know, that helped build the Mayan calendar and, you know, map the stars and things in ancient cultures potentially. And then on top of that, they were psychonauts (laughs) that were sent out into the universe literally on a journey. And then mm-hmm. coming back with this knowledge and teaching it to the rest of them, you know, and then now that is like, well, w- will I, will we ever know who they were meeting? You know, did they, but that could potentially explain the lack of evidence in this knowledge. you know, we say, well, maybe they inherited it from, well, maybe they blasted off to Saturn in their brain and were, were given this knowledge that they came back to. And, and it's, and it's one of those things like beamed in. You know
3: right that's yeah. fascinating yeah very interesting
2: yeah but it's it, you can definitely see that in these ancient cultures as you had kind of pointed out the cocaine there's uh, there's cannabis oil has been found in, in a lot of ancient uh, cultures and, and uh, relics and uh, tombs or whatever and um, in fact there's a great theory. Uh, an article that i read called was jesus a stoner <laughs> and and it said that the, the a common uh plant found in the middle east was cannabis sativa and oh, that, that they would use a lot of different plants um mm-hmm. to to infuse this oil and that that very mm-hmm. much so you have um cannabis that is a at high enough doses, a psychedelic, a minor psychedelic, um, mm-hmm. if nothing else, expanding your uh, your uh, consciousness. And so, what if this in, uh, enabled an enlightening connection between groups of people mm-hmm. that were anointed in oil?
3: Yeah, that's uh, fascinating. Fascinating yeah. stuff. So mm-hmm. you know,
2: psychedelics could have been a, a tool that were was used in order to gain knowledge. That they, I mean, think about the the Silicon Valley. Uh, uh, guys that microdose they all mm-hmm. microdose yeah. mushrooms mm-hmm. and in yep. some of them it's not even microdosing it's straight up dosing yeah. <laughs> you know and and so what if same ideas they're getting all these crazy ideas for circuitry mm-hmm. and microchips and all that stuff from wherever they're getting it well mm. on an ancient level maybe it's touching them in with the natural energies the ley lines all of a sudden they're seeing the grid <laughs> for what it is You're unlocking their mind. Yeah, yeah so maybe that's what it is it's not even about future humans it's not even about aliens it's about this compound that now we know endogenously comes from the human brain that Mm. was sparking this the stoned ape theory Mm -hmm. have you heard of that I have heard of it, yeah. Yeah, Terrence McKenna, dude. I love that guy. Interesting, Terrence McKenna, the stoned ape theory, that we found all these these mushrooms that were growing within uh, the uh, animal turds and that they were naturally foraging for anything they could get their hands on Um, Mm -hmm. and that uh, at a time when maybe they didn't have tools well enough to hunt meat, similar like 2001 A Space Odyssey shows, like eventually they got the ability to use tools, which enabled them to survive. Um, Mm -hmm. but similar to that, these mushrooms made them look to the sky for the first time, realigning their brain, tapping them into the, the, the brainstem. And then Mm -hmm. you have language, Mm. you have all kinds of things. And then you have the psychedelic nature of really expanding that, Mm -hmm. you know, is the ideas, giving them ideas and imagination. We talk about, well, where would they get the imagination for seeing humans riding on dinosaurs? Well maybe it came from they were shown this exactly. in this place that they went to. So I think psychedelics along with potential time travel, potential aliens, I think is a very viable option for how mm-hmm. they came about this knowledge that literally enabled the ancient world to do things we can't. Because think about the difference in culture. Imagine a culture that embraces this ability to 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 travel to through your consciousness to gain answers. What if they encouraged that? Not only encouraged that, they like had certain people that dedicated their lives to it. Imagine how mm-hmm. much knowledge, you know, in an open society that explored this.
3: Yeah. Wow. Fascinating. Yeah, a lot, lots of things to ponder. Yeah, of course. Of <laughs> course. Yeah, as always. But, but, uh, mind, mind yeah. expand conversation. <laughs> that's that's right. right. Yes, of
2: course. <laughs> of course. And I mean, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know then it goes into you know much more of the the physical evidence that we have you know again mm-hmm. the the pyramids the the relics you know all these things that uh, that seem to imply um that uh that we could have been we could have i just i just love that i love that idea so there's uh,
3: one case i wanted to just bring up to you guys that i i made a note of here and yes. i wanted to know if you've heard of this this happened in uh, Chile back in the seventies. Hang on here. What did I do with this? God, okay, here it is, right here. So this happened in 1977 in Chile. Uh, this guy was a military guy. He was a corporal, Corporal Valdez. He had a. Uh, he was with a unit of soldiers out in the desert, and they saw these bright lights, and they came down and they they landed, and they approached these lights, and and Valdez is the one that got close, and he literally, uh, his soldiers said he literally disappeared. Hmm. Literally disappeared, and then he reappeared, probably within seconds, he reappeared, and what was interesting is he had uh, five days uh, beard growth in that that very short period of time, and also his watch showed that uh, it was... uh, had a date five days in the future wow wow Have you ever did you ever hear about that incident? no what What no, was the yeah. name of the guy again the guy's name was valdez like he was a corporal and this was in chile in 1977 chile 1977 valdez yeah it was like um i can't even pronounce it pampa Lu, I, Luskuma, I don't know Chile. I'm not sure if I'm even pronouncing that Let right. Let me see here. Valdez.
2: Adrian. No, that can't be Adriana. That can't be it. Uh, Manuel Francisco Ibarra Valdez. I don't know if that's him or not. Interesting. I have not. Oh, the Armando yeah. Valdez UFO. Five-day ordeal, 1977. Yes, that's it. Pampa- that's probably- yeah, what is that? Pampa- <laughs> Go for
3: it, Ben. I can't pronounce it.
2: Pampa La Skuma. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm nailing it down. Papa Luskuma. Fight okay. me! <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it says April 25th, 1977, Papa Luskuma near Putre. Don't know. Chile, a soldier was in shock after a strange five-day saga with a UFO. Six members of an army patrol saw two bright objects descending from the sky. It's amazing to me the similarities of the Travis Walton case that we talked about. Yeah. Six yeah. people... Five days, 1977. When was uh, Travis Walton's? That's fascinating. I thought it was like uh, the 60s or something. I'm very yeah, curious. It says that's they interesting. Too bright. Violent 1975, lights. dude. Wow, that's crazy. So two years prior. Wow. Hmm. Interesting. No, I've never I've never heard of that. Date on his watch had been advanced five days, weeks growth of beard, like you said. Wow. You don't know who we are. Incident, you don't know who we are or where we come from, but we will be back soon. These are the strange words uttered by Corporal Amando Valdez, leader of a Chilean military army. Just some fifteen minutes previously, he had been subjected to a mysterious UFO encounter at Pampa Lascuma near putre in chile wow Hmm. wow fascinating
3: Mm -hmm.
2: so did he say i wonder if it says like did he say where he went
3: you know in the in the documentary that i was watching um it didn't go into that it just said basically what you said he he said that he he was just repeating oh you know you don't know who we are but you know we'll be back soon
2: he says, the surprising thing was the way it approached us. As soldiers, we are trained to deal with any situation. But this phenomenon didn't seem to have any logical explanation. I would like to regain my memory of those 15 minutes. Mm. 15 minutes? It says the
1: Chilean army, too, was trained on UFOs and sightings because they had seen them quite often.
2: Wow. Mm. Interesting. Ah, dude, I'm going to have to look more into that one. I love these. Yeah, it's it's very compelling. I wonder where he went. You know, there's yeah. a great. Um, I don't know if you follow any stand up comedy at all, but
3: um, not not lately. I, I, I love the a lot of the classics. of so Richard Pryor. Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Way back in the way back in the, the good day comedians.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, not there, late. Yeah, there's some new. Uh, there's a guy named Ari Shafir. And he's a big uh, dabbler in in drugs and psychedelics, and he'll pretty much do anything. But he he talks about and this is a type of guy that he basically he just says what he wants, how he wants. He does not like he doesn't seem to be a liar, anything like that. But he claims that in a 20 minute DMT experience, he spent six months underwater in a whole life where he had a girlfriend, kids, a job, and all this stuff to the point, and it was all on camera, to the point where when he came back, he had a hard time breathing.
1: Oh, wow. Wow. Because
2: he was, like, trying to breathe water, and he was breathing air, felt like he was suffocating. Fascinating. That is really interesting. So it's really, really interesting to think about, like, what if time travel isn't about a, a physical going through time what if time travel what if that's the key is like of course you can fuck a lot of shit up if you go with your clumsy body but
3: Mm -hmm. if you go with
2: your consciousness you're still traveling through time but you're not sending your physical self maybe that's the truth in time travel is that these these beings that are time travelers they're not necessarily physical beings with physical craft but they're more you know, like, maybe that explains some of the paranormal phenomenon mm-hmm. that we see. Yeah. Angels yeah. and things well, like that. Well, reality is
1: what you
3: see, too. Yeah. And your mind, you know, unlocks yeah. what you see.
2: That's And that leads yeah. to one of our last conversations that we did on belief and all yep. that. You know, so... It, oh, it, my it,
3: gosh. You know, yeah, just think of how much time traveling we do in our own minds. Absolutely.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so much time thinking about memories in the past. And, mm-hmm. yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, everybody dwells on the past in one way or another. Mm-hmm you know yeah. and so uh so yeah it's it's again time is relative and it's just such a fascinating aspect and and again something i appreciate you i mean appreciate you in a number of ways but uh, you know one of them is your love for the ancient world and the clues that go into this and your open mindedness mm-hmm. you know to want to explore some of these other theories because and I think you would agree with this, and I believe you have in the past, is that we don't know. Absolutely, we do not know. We don't know at all. We have no idea what that ancient world looked like, let alone what was going on, and, and uh, that's the fun of speculating. And I think, this, I think this idea that future humans with knowledge would, I believe, completely be
3: revered as God's. Absolutely. I don't remember who said it, but uh, any um, high technology is indistinguishable from magic. Arthur C. Clarke. Arthur C. Clarke. There you go. Yep, yep. And that's absolutely true. And so
2: you go back to a world of hunter-gatherers that just emerged from a cataclysmic event that wiped out any history of humanity within, certainly in your general vicinity, that uh, even humans that weren't Quite as maybe advanced as far as technological phones and all that shit mm-hmm. um, would be, but certainly with knowledge of agriculture, which it seems to be, Göbekli Tepe is a great example yep. of this. It seems to be that agriculture just spawned mm-hmm. out of nowhere. You have you, and and that's Graham Hancock's argument. It's like you're telling yep. me that that hunter gatherers just woke up morning and said, "I'm going to grow shit." <laughs> You know, like, no way. There's no way. And not only that, it would take generations to fine-tune it before you even got close, which would mean that civilization would starve in the meantime. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's no way that that was the case. There's no way that agriculture just spawned out of nowhere.
1: Well, Joseph Campbell talks about that in The Power of Myth, you know. He talks about basically there's one culture completely separate that's tilling the earth the same way as another culture. Why is that?
2: Yeah. Well, and if you look at similar to what we have now, another one of Graham Hancock's arguments is that you know we have hunter-gatherer tribes now. We do. Yeah. Look how look how advanced you know suppo- you know when I say advanced, I mean you know you know what I mean. But uh, look how advanced we are compared to these hunter-gatherer civilizations that exist now, and they they don't even acknowledge how advanced we are. They have no clue. They have no idea what surrounds them and uh and and so it's just it's it's fascinating to think well couldn't there be an ancient world similar to that you know where Absolutely. atlantis exists you know an advanced city with with advanced people and and across the
3: world it are hunter-gatherers that have no idea have no and, idea, and you know. What, the, the ironic thing with the hunter gatherers is, is if there was a major cataclysmic event on this planet and the shit really hit the fan, you know, they would be the ones probably that would be able to survive through it, if anybody.
2: That's right, absolutely. As today, as it would be today, you know, if you mm-hmm. had a cataclysmic event. Nobody be making fun of rednecks. <laughs> That's right. Nobody be making fun of the country folk. You know? <laughs> I mean, that right. The lost ways. <laughs> oh, man. You'd have yeah. every hipster in Portland yeah. headed down, flooding down, to, you know, to get connected with a farmer. Yep. And uh, and yeah, absolutely. So if you look at an ancient culture that, let's say, maybe they were looking out for some of these hunter, uh, hunter-gatherer tribes. That another reason, you know, Gobekli Tepe looks like it was intentionally covered up
3: yeah and, and and isn't it true though that only a small percentage of of that site has been uncovered there's yeah. a, a lot more underneath correct
2: it. yeah exactly so, i can't remember um let me see if i can find it real quick yeah Not much of gobekli Tepe has been uh excavated i gotta sound it out <laughs> <laughs> and i still spelled it wrong uh, let's see. Five percent. Oh, that's nothing. As of July 5%. of this year,
3: hmm. that's Isn't unreal. That incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, and it's been excavated since what the '90s, probably early mid '90s. Yeah, so thirty something. years,
1: and that's all we've done,
3: huh? That's all we've done. Now, yeah. I want you, to, if you can, look this yeah. up. Yeah. So look up uh the Sumerian clay tablets. How mm. how many have we deciphered, and how many Sumerian clay tablets are there? <laughs> That's going to blow your mind. Let's see if we can. Um, let's see.
2: Sumerian Cux, tablets, the Sumerian texts, uh, which no longer lifespan? Let's see. Hold on. Well, let me look up how many there are first. Okay. Let's see. There are 38
3: cuneiform tablets. Does that sound right? Um, I'm talking about all the, all the Sumerian tablets that they have. Oh, so there's more than that. Oh yes, 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 yes. Okay.
2: Sumerian tablets. Maybe
3: that was referencing a specific, uh, set of tablets or something. Well, it
2: says the cuneiform tablets. Is that the same thing?
3: That's their Um, language, isn't it? Yeah. The cuneiform is the language. Yeah. I'm having a hard time finding an exact number. Maybe maybe do some side research because I thought I, I had looked I, I looked it up one time and I thought it said there could be anywhere from you know a million of these ta- tablets and only a very small percentage you know maybe like twenty percent of that has actually been deciphered so I thought my goodness you know what what wow. other knowledge. What other information is out there that we haven't even looked at yet?
2: Well, here's what it says. It says cuneiform tablets from the reign of Gudea of Lagash okay, to so Shalmanesar the third. So maybe it's only select.
3: Yeah, that's a, a select um, batch of the tablets.
2: Yeah, because I'm not seeing a full number of it, like exactly how many there are. Uh, let, me, let me look uh, at. Let actually,
1: me... there's quite a few. I just found this. Oh, you it did? did? Yep, so I don't can't read this name, but it says these sites include the library of Asher Band. or yes. something? Yep, mm. thank you. About thirty thousand clay tablets. Wow. Azure, there's over sixteen thousand clay tablets, and Mari around twenty five thousand.
3: Holy shit. And that's just in a particular area, right? Yeah, that's, that's not a, Yeah, that's
1: just showing the oldest known, apparently.
2: Wow. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
2: And so it says. Let me see. I'm trying to figure out how many have been deciphered. Uh, let me see. Uh, can you even have it deciphered? Decipher? It's let probably me the thirty-eight. Well, <laughs> like, yeah, I yeah, I wondered, probably yeah. the
0: thirty-eight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's the ones <laughs> they want you to know about, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: How did people? Uh, Sumerian tablets. deep understanding understand the oldest? Yeah, I'm not really finding a number of like how many
3: right. were okay. deciphered.
2: But it is, I mean, it's saying that some were deciphered. It's not really, let me see if it, um, yeah, I'm not really sure. It's not really saying a number of how many. So, so how many have been deciphered? Do you know? Well,
3: when I remember when I looked, uh, I thought, and I could be wrong, but when I had looked in the past, I thought there, they said, as far as all the Sumerian, uh, tablets out there they said there could be up to anywhere from like a half a million to like even more than that and it was like only a small percentage it was like maybe you know maybe 10 percent or maybe 20 percent at the most had been deciphered if that it could have been even a lower number but it was an extremely low number compared to the amount of uh, ancient uh writings that we have yeah that's crazy it was like a drop in the bucket I- i'm gonna have to yeah. look that up again. i well, was just-
2: and, if, and again, it's, uh, you know, the whole thing is, is, is clearly, they clearly don't want to, I mean, cause mm. if they, if they wanted to, it'd be done.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right? right. I mean, that's what we know. We know that what if they really want to study something, they're going to do it. Yes. You know, I mean that, that's the whole idea. And, uh, and so it's, it's, it's laughable to think like, oh yeah, they're on it. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's like, no, not really. Like you said, I mean, but, let's see. It said uh, the first clay t- tokens and cuneiform script was made in the 1970s. Or the connection, mm-hmm. the connection between the clay tokens and the cuneiform script. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, that's fascinating. The they have the whole alphabet
1: pretty much figured out, it looks like. so.
2: Yeah, they've mm-hmm. got A through Z right here in the isn't depiction. Our,
3: isn't our calendar system, doesn't that go back? Doesn't that go back to the Sumerian? calendar system i I thought
2: i thought it was the mayan calendar am i wrong i think it is i think it's because if if i am then i've been saying it wrong because i'm like well today we base all of our time off in the mayan calendar
3: (laughs) 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 probably a lot of folks do uh let's
2: see mayan calendar used today The calendar round is still in use by many groups in the Guatemalan highlands. A different calendar was used to track longer periods of time. Uh, So it is in use in some places. Okay, so let's look at that. Uh, Sumerian calendar. Now I'm curious. Well, I'm going to quit saying that. Um, Mm The Sumerian calculations are all heavily based on the numbers 6, 12, and 60, still used today. Our current Mm. year has 12 months in the day, so it is! Yeah, it's crazy. goes back there. Our current year has 12 months in the day in many countries. It is structured as 12 hours a.m. and 12 hours p.m. The hour itself is 60 minutes, and every minute is 60 seconds. Mm -hmm. Wow. The question is why. Yeah. Well, and as I've pointed out before, even though I was wrong saying it's the Mayan calendar, goddammit, but still... (laughs) The argument is is why do we use why do we cherry pick? You know, why is it that the that the now the Sumerian calendar is what we base all of our modern day calendar and days and times on, and yet all of their cultural references are myth? Mm. They just happen to nail the calendar. You know, like but yet everything's fiction? Like, no way, man. No way. Why? Why would they go to all the I mean, it looks to me like it's the same amount of trouble if they're going to if they're going to go to all the trouble to make the Mayan calendar, they're going to they're going to use the ability to carve and and to depict these things to maybe explain why they were doing this. Explain mm-hmm. how they used it. So that way future generations, future people, that's what's beautiful about the ancient world as well is you can tell that they they were thinking about humanity in the longest of terms. Yes. It wasn't about what's good for us in this four years. It wasn't about what's good for us this month. You know, it wasn't about. It was about what's good for the the, the remaining of the species that are going to come lifetimes ahead of us. Hence, why the Sumerian calendar or the Mayan calendar was to twenty twelve. Was it the Mayan yeah, calendar 2012. Or Sumerian? Twenty
1: twelve. Mayan. Calendar. 2012. Okay, so yeah.
2: maybe that's where I got confused. But either way, that it explains why they spent so much. Why else would they want to go to twenty twelve? For what mm. reason? I mean, mm. clearly they're not going to see it. Yeah. You know, so what saying It was for future humanity's sake. You know, the Egyptians uh, were, were huge into the preservation of humanity. You know, preservation of knowledge.
3: Yeah, in fact, isn't that, uh, I think Graham Hancock brought it up that maybe some of these giant Pyramid structures were they were um, they were used as a housing for some of this ancient knowledge. That's right. Um, because they would survive these cataclysms, and just like under the Sphinx, I think under supposedly under the left paw of the Sphinx, there's a, a hollow chamber in there, yeah. and some people believe that there are ancient records in there. Edgar Cayce so talks about that. Edgar Casey, yes, yeah. it talks about into some of the Atlantean knowledge and stuff that was preserved or are in places like that, and and supposedly there were all over, located all over the world, these, these sacred places where these repositories of knowledge uh, were, were left to us. These fingerprints, as, as Graham would say, they, yep. these were the fingerprints that this uh, ancient mother civilization left to us.
2: That's right. And the reference, you know, again, going back to kind of the premise of all of this, is the idea of the term gods, fingerprint of the gods, you know, mm-hmm. mag- uh, ma- magicians of the gods, I think was another one and um, chariots of the gods and all these things. Yeah. is like is like, well, well, maybe that term gods mm-hmm. was thrown around a little bit more willy nilly than we think of. And maybe that term was 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 given to anyone. I mean, I mean, think about how it improved humanity for those people that were hunter-gatherers at Gobekli Tepe to gain the knowledge of
3: agriculture, uh, the
2: yeah, impact.
3: Yeah, yeah. You know, I, something you said, I don't know exactly what it was, or what you, the whole concept of um, the gods being thrown around willy-nilly, yeah. and I was just reading in the Bible uh, where uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul, uh, he had— was on a ship and basically he was saying, hey, you know, he told everybody this, this ship is going to sink, man. You know, oh, this yeah. ship's going to sink. And, and, but, but everyone's going to live, you know, but the ship's going under and, and sure enough, it, 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 it went under and, and they made it, I think to Malta, hmm. uh, to Malta. And he, and they encountered some of the, the indigenous people on Malta and, um, and they were at a campsite and, and Paul got uh, bit by a, by a serpent. And it latched onto him and it was supposedly a, a poisonous snake or something that would kill you. And the native peoples uh, looked at him and, and said, when they saw this snake just bite his hand, they said, oh, he must be a criminal. You know, He survived, <laughs> he survived the shipwreck and then the serpent attached to him. So he's getting his just you know, just reward. He must have been a criminal. And Paul just kinda like shakes the snake off, like <laughs> you know and he's fine. He goes back and does his stuff and the people started worshiping him as a god. Yep. They thought he was a god and he's like, No, no, don't don't be doing that. You know, they started worshiping as a god because they saw that he'd got bit by the snake and it didn't it did yeah. affect him. Yeah. I thought that was funny.
2: Well, yeah, and, well, and yeah, so that leads to the whole idea that, well, imagine coming in with something that benefits all of humanity. So imagine if Paul, yeah. you know, after getting bit by the snake, was also like, oh, and by the way, here I'm giving you mathematics.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I'm giving you language. I'm giving you writing. I'm giving you – imagine that. You know, I mean, no wonder. Of course they would revere them as gods. You know, mm-hmm. and, and if they're if – they're, you know, they 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 have a, they they have knowledge of fabrics and being able to construct clothing. And, you know, just imagine it, it's kind of like, um, you know, similar to those lines that you just said of the story that the 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 native tribes, when Columbus and his ships were coming into the the continent, that uh, they didn't even see the ship. All they saw was clouds. They could not perceive. Wow. Yeah. The ship. That that they could not they, they they believed it was clouds coming in and that that's why they were um, kind of uh, caught off guard when these uh, uh, well I guess it would have been Spaniards um, came came onto the to, to land and then on top of that you have all these ancient cultures that do talk about these um, um, Aryan people uh, uh, interacting them with them in ancient history so on top of that
3: they're not even gun shy. Right, yeah. We take a look at Quetzalcoatl over in Mexico oh, and yeah. South. Or Cuc- they called him Cucucon. They said he was white skinned and had a beard, That's right. and he came on a ship of snakes. And he came and he brought all this knowledge and 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 advanced uh civilization. And then took off and said yep. one day he would one day he would return. And then unfortunately. Uh, when the Spaniards came around, you know the natives were like, "Oh, Quetzalcoatl's back!" Yeah. Oh no! Yeah. Oh no! Exactly. Are, this is not Quetzalcoatl. This is this is not Quetzalcoatl. It This is a, a python that's gonna gonna yeah. wrap around the neck and and yep. yeah.
2: And so maybe that was more common than we think. Mm-hmm. Maybe that mistaken identity was more yeah. common than we think. You know that these, this interaction, these cataclysms, caused this gigantic gap in knowledge and history that these people were able to come in and, and with with knowledge of again agriculture and structure and mathematics and, and I mean gravitational knowledge potentially, you know, but mm-hmm. but certainly the 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 natural energies, zero ener- zero point energy, free energy. I mean imagine mm-hmm. being able to utilize that. That's another thing in the structural designs like we had talked about yeah. in Russia and stuff, is that the structural designs themselves serve mm-hmm.
3: as a device. Yeah, the dome. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, Tesla was all about the natural earth energy. And I'm just curious how much maybe he was influenced by some of these ancient cultures and his own research. But when I apparently when he died, uh, all his stuff was was taken away. Correct.
2: Yes, oh, yeah. Was. Yep. Yeah. Again. Yep.
3: Confiscated
2: by the federal government. Mm-hmm. Yep. Almost immediately after they went in and seized all of his work. all of his research, like frequency all of his weapons, and weapons. That's right. And all yeah. Stuff, so. yeah. All kinds of stuff. Yeah. All kinds of stuff. And so again it, it kind of it lends to all of these. It lends to the to Tartaria theory. It lends to ancient cultures um that potentially were were influenced by by future humans. Um that that uh, again to to uh, acknowledge Graham Hancock's work that maybe it was inherited knowledge and and that the term, you know, gods was simply for advanced people uh that were misperceived as as gods. I mean it's just it's wide open, man. <laughs> It's wide oh, yeah. open, and that's what makes it so much fun, oh yeah, to go over is there's just so much, and again, you know we can I mean, you know we we went over all the ancient relics and and those are always fun to go over, but it's it's uh it, it's it's just flabbergasting, man. I mean, do you think we'll ever know the truth?
3: I don't I don't know. I I think that maybe after we we leave this earthly body, maybe we'll have some more information. But even then, I don't I don't know if we'll know the full story or not. Yeah. Do you think
2: anything's going to come along the pike, anybody, any person, any group that you think could could sway this, could sway people like the Smithsonian and, and the government to to ease up on this?
3: oh boy i I doubt it Ben I, yeah. I really do I mean they they have their so fixed in their knowledge filtration, and um,
2: yeah,
3: I mean, hell, it would have to be literally you know space aliens landing in the White <laughs> House. And, yeah. you know, yeah. these beings walking around and, and then some of them might open up a little bit, but i I doubt it. yeah, well, in the meantime,
2: uh, that's why people like you. People like Graham Hancock, Randall Carlson are so needed and valued because you're the you're the troops mm-hmm. on the ground. You're the front lines of this uh, this knowledge that are out there saying, you know, no, we are going to keep digging. We are going to keep, you know, even maybe not with a shovel, but but right. through the knowledge, through the information, and and we're going to continue to speculate um, because I would argue without speculation. Where would we be with anything if people didn't speculate at what's further than this, than our knowledge? Yeah, we have
3: that spark within us as humans. You know, we we just have that desire like, you know, who are we? You know, where where do we come from? Where are we going? I mean, I believe we innately have this um, this in us. Yeah. Well, in the meantime,
2: I'm going to practice my airbending and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to encompass the flames so I can light my joints better. You know, that's what it's all going to be. That's what it's all going to be.
3: Check this out. Poof.
2: You know, yeah, yeah. But, uh, anyways, what a fascinating topic. I appreciate you so much coming on and and talking oh my to gosh. us about this.
3: Ben and Mark, it's just been a, a thrill. It's always fun to, to come on with you guys. Like I said, the synergy is great and just great. Uh, questions great things to ponder and it just seems like we effortless effortlessly flow mm-hmm. from all these different things you know from from uh you know us coming in the in the future time traveling to the to the present or you know graham hancock's uh, ancient civilizations cataclysms belief systems um you know psychedelics i mean it just all just kind of seamlessly flows and interconnects together and that's what makes it so fun
2: well, that's what's great about people like you is to use the analogy of, of roadmap is you're not opposed to going down the alleys, you know, oh. and, and that's what's great is there's some people that they just they, they don't they don't get excited you know, mm-hmm. the way you do. And, and that's what I enjoy about our conversations is, uh, is, is, uh, I get excited about it and you get excited about it yeah. and you get excited about it. And so it, it's just, uh, we're all excited about it. And it makes for a really fun and interesting conversation. But, uh, but before we depart, my friend, uh, you got to yeah. tell us, what are you working on now?
3: Well, I'm just doing a lot of podcasts just That's promoting great. my book. Yeah, The, the Red-Haired Giants of Lovelock Cave and Which Other Which is an ancient- amazing book. No, Please
2: go Thank get you. it. Yes. We both, somebody- <laughs> oh, man, Boy, <laughs> guys- we both have a copy. Oh man, we
3: both have a copy. Guys are awesome. You can get it at, at bookbaby.com, That's right. the bookshop there. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Um, you know, some of what's in the book, we 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 covered maybe kind of touched maybe a little bit on some mm. aspects but but it covers different things like on the giants and things like yeah. that but it all ties to it all ties together it all inter interconnects you know we were talking about ancient sumerian and, and society and they talk about these giant beings that came down that gave them their knowledge and and everything that they had so yeah it all it all interconnects so right now i'm just doing a lot of podcasts uh, all over the world and just having a blast doing that so um, trying to start back school. I'm going to finish up my master's degree. Ultimately, I want to uh, uh, become a clinical counselor. You know, I have a background in nice. clinical hypnotherapy. And, uh, you know, so eventually I want to just be a, 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 you know, a therapist. Uh, I love helping people and fascinated with the, with the human mind and the subconscious mind. And maybe one of these days we'll do a show on that. On, oh, on dude. The, on belief systems, because again, it all, it all interconnects with, with some of the things that we're talking about here. So yeah, just keeping, keeping myself busy. And one of these days I'm going to sit down and, and write a companion book.
2: Good. I look awesome. forward to it very much. So. Yep. And, uh, and as I said, my friend, I mean, you know, you are so valued, dude. I mean, I just love our conversations. You're such oh, a great you. person and yeah. uh, you're so much fun to talk to. And so yeah. I look, I look forward to doing it again. I'm sure we will
3: let's do it. One of these times we'll have to all like get together, you know, maybe go out to dinner, hang out. Oh my God. I'd love to just, hang out with you guys in person. I think that would be a blast.
2: That Heck would yeah. be a blast, man. We will absolutely do that. Anytime that we okay. end up f- feeling like we're in our vicinity, we have to get together. <laughs> That's right. and, we have uh, to do it. Yeah,
3: let's, yeah. let's coordinate something. I think that, I think that would be would uh, be a lot of fun. I'd that'd enjoy be that. really fun.
2: Yeah. And in the meantime, I am going to uh, continue to cross my fingers for you and Nori to get yes. together. <laughs> oh, uh, it's
3: so amazing. <laughs> yes. You know, He's He's got a lot of health issues. I yeah. Man, I'm praying for him. But he's such an amazing guy, a, a real genuine human being, nice yeah. guy. I remember I met him years ago, and he was up on a – it was after an, a UFO event. He was up on a stage, and we were trying to, to go up the steps and, and access the door to go see him. And the, the door was locked, and so people were literally – climbing up the stage oh. up there. and he he's pulling people oh, up and that's I'm, like, great. I'm clambering my big ass up there and he's grabbing <laughs> by the arm gently come on up here that's and, great you know, getting pictures and stuff but just a genuine nice human being uh, beautiful soul uh great singing voice I don't know oh. if you've ever heard him sing I, I was at not. an event uh, probably four or five months ago and he sang and he told jokes and he did inner. I mean, just amazing. That guy's, he is a gem. And if I, if I get an opportunity at least one time to do an interview with him, wow, that would be, that would be one wish fulfilled.
2: Well, just know that you got two other voices here yes. that are putting out to the universe <laughs> that's right, that's along right. with you, man. <laughs> well, and that's, I appreciate it. Oh, man. yeah, dude. You're, you're a champion, and we love you. So thank you so much. <laughs> love you guys,
3: too, man. Dude. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure.
2: Yes, as always. Thank well, you. have a wonderful evening, and we'll do it again next
3: yeah. time. Sounds fun. You guys take, take care.
2: All right, you man. Too. You as Bye-bye. well. I believe I see militia forming. Tinfoil. Militia.
3: Stop, Militia!
1: the tinfoil militia i joined the militia but why would you
2: what do you think tap water
1: is it's a gay bomb baby
2: oh yeah and with that you can get signed up to help us with this show join the tin foil militia any way you can look it's simple okay we want to help provide we not help we want to provide a valuable show. We want to bring you great content. We want to we want to make you think. We want to make you laugh. But but like this one, I think we brought some topics yeah. that yeah, are, are really not out there is not the right word, but definitely goes on the outer fringe areas of like time travel and all mm. that. And so anyways, if you enjoy these conversations, you know, one of the easiest ways you can do to help us is just share the episode, spread us, you know, get it out there, help us grow that way, word of mouth. But also the other easiest way is Throw whatever value you get out of this show into a number. We don't know what it means to you. You know, I've been actually surprised by the people that do support us, the Tinfoil Militia members. Thank you all. I love yes, you so much. You. The sustained donations. Um, but on top of that, we're just looking for people to help us outgrow the show because that's what we want to do. We want to continue to provide great value to you. And so we hope that you can show us that value in return. Again, sharing the episode, getting us to as many ears as possible, that helps a lot. But also financially, it's not cheap doing a little podcast like this. You know, it just it just is. There's monthly things that come up in order to keep the machine running, and so uh, so all we're asking for is a little fuel once in a while. I mean, look, we got people that donate a buck, we got people that donate two bucks, we got people that donate twenty bucks. It's phenomenal. So, in fact, we had uh, what was it, Max Eclipse?
0: Yeah. Donated. Bucks yeah. I think yeah. 50
2: bucks, maybe 20 or 50. I can't yeah. remember exactly, but yeah, wonderful. So, anything you guys can, you know, help us with content. That's what it's really about. It's just about uh, about helping us make this show possible and helping us grow. So, that's why we do it. Value for value, baby. It's value for value. So, go and visit our website, ufonopodcast.net. It's brand new. <laughs> it's sparkly, shiny. Smells like a new car. So, <laughs> you go in there. You can check it out uh, right off the bat. You can listen and find all the different ways to listen. You can find all the the different ways to donate you can buy merch directly on there i put it on there mark i, I put it on there we got the <laughs> we got the merch thing Good. so anyways um when you do all that you can watch the live streams directly from the website um, and we got a whole page explaining the value for value, what it is that we do. We don't like the traditional ad value, you know, the ad revenue stuff. We don't like any of that. We don't like ads. We don't like dealing with corporate douchebags. We want to
1: be controlled. No,
2: we want to we be supported by the people that, that get the most out of this podcast, and yes. that's you. Not manscaped, not better help. <laughs> no, it's I did, you. I do like Dr. Squatch kind of though. Uh, that's well, you know. We'll, yeah. we'll see. <laughs> but that's what it's all about. We yeah. want to grow a community <laughs> of tinfoil militia. So again, Ufono podcast.net, uh for all things UFO No. Click that link in the show notes portal to all things UFO No. Yep. And we appreciate everybody. And again, we hope you enjoyed this episode thoroughly because we certainly did. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was phenomenal. So again... Spread a slight gossip. Become a member of the Foil militia. Get merch. But of course, as always, stay elevated. Keep your eyes to the skies. And watch out for the government. They're shoisty bastards. We'll catch you next week.